Hey, it's Mike from the High Hash Rate Podcast. Just want to take a brief moment here and thank Fountain.fm for really helping us grow our podcast. I mean, this has been a, a fun ride. We're very thankful for all of our listeners. And if you found us through Fountain, uh, which is likely the case, because that's where most of our traffic comes from. What a cool model, right? Podcasting 2.0. But if you are not listening to High Hash Rate on Fountain.fm, we highly recommend it. You can stream sats to your favorite podcasts. You can also create clips and even stack sats by listening to your favorite podcasts. It's that easy. So if you're not a fountain, head on down and download fountain.fm today and start listening and stacking them sats. I also feel like Bitcoin is almost like a filter as well because like the people that you're dealing with, if they also want to use Bitcoin, like they... You, you can almost trust that person a little bit more. So anyone that doesn't want to deal in Bitcoin, you can almost see like, well, if you're not going for Bitcoin, then you're you're wanting to do something scandalous. You want to pay me Bitcoin for what I'm going to do for you? This is going to be an honest trade. Like this is, it's honest money. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. We're on another episode of High Hash Rate. Woo! All right. That's enough. Um, yeah, I just want to, first of all, stop. I don't think we mentioned this. Just kind of a, a, a small celebration, but we uh, we just crossed last week the 100,000 downloads of High Hash Rate overall. So that's oh, kind that's of like right. a big milestone. I never that's thought right. we'd make it to 100,000, which you know seems kind of small, but also huge at the same time. But yeah, and congrats. And uh, the number one ever downloaded episode, and perhaps, you know, the high hash rate favorite was your episode, Gabe. Uh, that is the nuts. signs and symbols. Uh, so, Gabe, welcome back. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm just happy to be here. But yeah, that's uh, it's pretty crazy that that happened. Uh, like, especially with all the guests you guys have had on, it kind of just shocks me that it, it was that way. But I kind of, I, I think I do have a theory of kind of why ha- why it happened that way with the episode, because uh, I I went on there and I boosted you guys that uh, just to like thank you guys for giving the opportunity to talk, and uh, when I when I boosted on there, I think it bumped it up into like the top ten. Like yeah, votes. yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. That must have been it. More so, I guess you could say I was pumping my own bags. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It showed up in the top uh, of Fountain top hot shows. Uh, I think yep. it was close to i think it was number three at one point so that got a lot of um got a lot of buzz which was great you know um because i thought it was a great episode and for those of you um who might be newer, tuning one, in yeah, yeah gabe is the guy um you might see him on twitter he's the he makes the he's, he runs the account no waste btc signs so he makes company by logos, the way should, should we total... refer refer your name in this i should just ask you can call me. You can call me Gabe. You can call me No Waste. Either way, yeah. Copy. Sorry. Gabe, yeah, yeah. But the No Waste. Yeah, he, like the the hodl signs and just all the stuff out of scraps um, from the from the shop that would have just otherwise be gone to waste. He creates all kinds of cool physical Bitcoin art, and I think that the the title of the episode had a pretty cool. It's like signs and symbols and the or something like that. 
Yeah, so check I've that out. Noticing, yeah. yeah, what I've been noticing a lot is like some of the other podcasters, they'll have stuff, a lot of my signs in the background. Yeah, right. Kind of cool. I'll be everyone's at everyone's podcast. I'll be looking in the background, like see what they've got posted up. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It's, it's pretty crazy to see that. Um, I, I think that's how we initially decided to talk to you is like you just were like, hey, man, I love the show. You guys have an address. We'll send you like all the swag. And I've, like I've been taking those stickers to conferences and just kind of leaving them out. Um, but I noticed... Uh, in the past year, because it was about a year ago since you've been on, that you've been going to some conferences. Uh, I saw you at Pacific Bitcoin uh, yeah. last month, and um, you had like even had a display at Big Block Boom. How was uh, how's the past year been for you, and and how has that been just going to conferences and kind of getting your art out there? Yeah, uh, well, Gary Gary gave me a big shot uh, of just kind of great guy getting able to get a, a booth out there, so we kind of did like a little bit of a trade. Like he gave me a table out there, and then I was able to bring those uh, three six foot tall signs so they were they were kind of a kind of a bitch to get all the way out to texas had to rent a trailer it was it was a big event but uh yes ever since then i got to meet like a lot of people met a lot of contacts and then uh i actually the biggest thing i just recently did was uh that have you guys seen anything that happened with ocean mining the other day yeah 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 something I, i keep hearing about something like this yeah, so you guys, you guys see the guy smashing the champagne bottle yep, <laughs> on yep. the miner? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, um, that had to. Okay. Yep. So actually, if you look on on that stage, uh, I did the logos that are behind there. The big. Uh, I thought I noticed that ocean logos, and yeah. then there's a couple bees as well. How did you? Uh, how did you get to? Did you volunteer for that? Did somebody reach out to you? The I think the CEO of of Ocean Mark. He was the one that, okay. that actually cracked that champagne bottle. Uh, he was he actually hit me up and we were in um, communication and trying to get those done. So had to get those uh, shipped all the way from California all the way to South Carolina. So that was, uh, that wow. was something good itself too. And so when you went out to Bitblock Boom, did you? Uh, sounds like you drove out there from California. Yep, I had to. Take How long was that? Lot. That was uh, it was a long one, especially with the I was just driving my little truck and in uh, my trailer. So it took me and my wife uh, it's two long days, two like sixteen hour days to get out the way out there. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. That's fun. And though. you're driving yeah. these six foot signs on the back of your in the back of your truck. Yeah, I had a red U-Haul trailer, man. It was uh, <laughs> first time driving a trailer, man. I was just dedicated, man. I just I had an opportunity and I took it. So hell yeah. How did the how did the how did the event treat you? How, how did uh, oh, it was? How it was, was the amazing, man. Uh, what I what I was doing at the table it was since it, it was my first event. I didn't know how to like. I'm not really like selling anything, you know. So there's nothing has right. like a price tag really. Right. Um, so I just said to you like a $5 donation in Bitcoin, you can take whatever you could see on the table. So that was kind of cool. I was getting like being able to get transactions. Some people were paying more and it was, it was a lot more than I was expecting. So, oh yeah. But yeah. It was uh, good so I, you know, I've even reached out to you before about, Hey, you know, could you, could we buy some stuff off of you or, um, you know, we could even, I would, you know, I can set up websites i'm a software engineer like i can help you put up a website where you could sell this stuff and you've always kind of been kind of hesitant uh that you're not really trying to make the stuff out of business or you know make a profit off of it but as as a certain point you're starting to become more recognized and like you're like you said you hauled this stuff out to uh austin or to texas and then you you had to ship some stuff to north carolina or south carolina whatever you said um and that comes at a cost, like, and it's going to take up a lot more time. Are you, is that, is that something that's changed? Are you thinking about like, I could sell this stuff or are you still trying to stick to like, kind of, uh, I'm just, I'm just trying make to make it for cost. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to treat it as like a value to value model. Just sure. trying like if someone values my work that much, then they'll give me the extra money. But I also want to make yeah. it available for people that if they can't afford to buy something that much, just at least just pay for the shipping. Because I, I I have signs going all the time, so I'd rather yeah. just get Bitcoin signs out in people's faces. That's what really matters to me. So, but yeah, like is it kind of and like sometimes I go in the hole on certain ones, and then some jobs that are yeah. it'll like make up for it. But in like the long run, I just I think if if Bitcoin works. I'm going to, we're so early in this that right. I'm going to be just fine. Like I just, I need Bitcoin trust to, for it to win. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make it win. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that's great. Um, back, you know, a year ago or so, how much time would, were you spending making some of these signs and some of these things compared to like today? <laughs> oh, dude, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good question for my wife <laughs> because, uh, it started off slow. I would do some at my work, you know, just a little bit here and there. And then all of a sudden it got, I got like a, I turned my whole front room into a, into a workplace pretty much. So my wife's got to deal with all of the, the stickers everywhere. And the, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot. My whole back patio, I got, I got a paint booth on the side of my house now. So yeah, it's, it's taken over. I don't know if you can see behind me, but there's like, oh, this yeah. is all of my, uh, all, all of my stuff yeah. right there. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, taken over. And then I'm also just getting a lot more like requests to do stuff. So I actually got some stuff working for Unconfiscatable right now that they're uh, they're wanting a couple things. So are, are you going to be going out to Unconfiscatable? Unfortunately not. I'm pretty bogged down with uh, busy at work lately. So my conference uh, attendance this year was quite low compared to past years. But hopefully next year I'll be able to get gotcha. back out to the conference circuit again. Um, yeah, I just try to yeah. jump on it like oh, as many opportunities. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, my sponsor for my uh, for my meetup, his name's Jesse. Big shout out to Jesse Mice. He's like the best Bitcoiner I know. He's I couldn't be what I am without that guy. So shout out Jesse. But um, but yeah, he's um, he's he let me get to the tickets for for uh, Pacific Bitcoin. So I was able to make it to there for them, and he got my tickets out for Unconfiscatable. So it's awesome. Yeah, he's just helping it, me get my name out there and be able to meet all these people. Hell yeah. Um, you're busier than ever. Are you? Are I you just having, want to wait. Can, I, can I just hop <laughs> yeah. in here for a second? The, I just want to mention the that sort of level of expansion from this original idea you had. Because I remember you talking about this thing. Yep. Uh, last time. It was like you have this other job, essentially a fiat job, I would assume. Yep. Fiat mine. You have, <laughs> you're taking the waste of that job. You know, and you're transforming it into this Bitcoin thing. Yeah. Now it's like you're making signs for fucking unconfiscatable. You know? Are they crazy? Crazy. Really, it's mind blowing. It happened all so fast. Like, I mean, I feel like you guys were kind of a part of that too, getting me on so early and being able to kind of just jump in and people like loving my work. And so, so now, like, I've got others. There's like these other people, Bitcoin tourists. They uh, they'll take my signs and they'll go around as they're going around places. They're just handing out my work. So. I was, uh, I was, I had some stuff at adopting Bitcoin in El Salvador. Uh, I just saw there were some signs in Berlin. I've sent some stuff to Australia. So it's like, I'm kind of, they're getting out there into the world so fast. It's, it's just mind blowing. Right. It's crazy. Like your physical manufactured products are like spreading at the speed of memes, the speed <laughs> yeah. of like digital, right? Like all over the world. Yep. And even as new memes well come said, out, well like said. one of them. That is the skull of Satoshi. I love that one. I, I put that one on like a little piece of clear acrylic, and it looks really nice. So I, I really like. And then so, so yeah, as new memes come out, I get to start printing them out or like uh, like the little buy Bitcoin on the notepad that that guy wrote. They put behind like was it Yellen? 
Right. Yeah. So I, I printed yeah. out decals of those, you know, so just stuff like that. You just get, I get to like run with the memes too. So that, you know, a year ago, again, talking about this expansion and this growth and like this activity, you were using, you know, no waste BTC signs, right? You're using the scrap metal. Like, is, is there still enough scrap or are you, are you having to go out and, and get, uh, you know, like fresh supplies now, are you still, no, it just, it just keeps coming because like, uh, with my, with my job, all the big signs I do, it's, it's just a constant flow of them. I don't even have to go out of my way really to make them anymore. It's just kind of like a process as I'm printing stuff. If there's a potential like little spot where I could fit in a couple decals that I'm doing for somebody, I'll just toss them in there, you know? So just getting more efficient requests. Sometimes that's why it takes a little bit. Cause like, as I, some, sometimes I don't need to use like scrap for certain things. So it just takes me a little bit extra time to get it all, but it's all, I end up getting uh, whatever I need done. Where, where does this, the, where does the sense of design come from in your, in your work? Um, I mean, I just, I do a lot of like just stealing stuff off of Twitter as I'm scrolling through, like people do a lot of this like, AI generated stuff and I'll take it from that. And then a lot, I like a lot. My favorite is whatever people like request stuff for me. Cause then I've gotten like a, I've had to make a, cus- a couple custom logos and I ended up keeping them. Like, uh, for example, there was one that this uh, designer Skyler did. He made it for, uh, there was a uh, H, it was at the Humans Right Foundation. They were coming out for a global Bitcoin summit at Bitcoin Park. Have you guys seen that logo with the uh, with the flags on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, they requested me to make some of those for him. So I've, I started making a bunch of those. So now it's like, I've kind of just kind of kept that a part of my, uh, I hand that out to all my boxes, so. I really like that design. So it's like the, this ability to like reprint these memes is actually um, sort of, I mean, they're just, it's a, that's a crazy thing. It's like, Hey, we talked about, he talked, he talked about the AI stuff space, that's right, yeah. and, and it's, you know, there's, you can have a million, you know, count, endless memes, right? Like there's no, they're just digital. There's no shortage, right? There's infinite, but like when you actually turn it into something physical, it's it's kind of like the next step in the evolution for that message. Whatever that message is, it's like kind of it's crossed the Rubicon, I, so to speak, from the digital abstract realm to the physical world. And there's, I mean, I don't know, like there's, I, I don't know how to quantify it, but there's 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 got to be some sort of metric well, I, you can use like, to say like, like something is matured enough when it hits that point. Yeah, I see it as like um, Bitcoin is truth, and like these memes like have validity because of the truth behind it. So it's like, embodied. like there's a message embedded in it. Yes, exactly. So you're just like, I'm being able to, yeah, impress that, that truth and that what that message is pushing across. I get to make it something permanent and someone can look at it and, and grasp it like in their hands, you know, it's, right. it's just a cool feeling. You could, you could take like compress all the materials that it took, right. To write a book and all the information that's in that book. And you can compress that into like that, that message into something like just a digital image. And then you can, and you can compress it into uh, the physical realm by just taking the scraps of, I mean, what would happen to those scraps, right? If you weren't using them, they just get, they just go to the landfill, right? They just pollute the earth. But instead you're taking already compressed information, taking compressed materials and you're kind of like marrying that, those, you know, that, that yeah. efficiency and I, and I somehow. Just, and I like to make it so forcefully putting it into the world. So people like have to see it. So like people, right. You have one Bitcoiner that likes my stuff and puts it up on a wall. And then, so like at, at the pub that I, I have or our, uh, the Lengthwise Brewing where I have my meetup, 
a uh, there's he puts all my stuff on the wall. So people like normally normies will walk in like, what the hell is Hodl mean? H O D L, you know? Right. So he's got like the one that's behind me. He's got one of those in like the bathroom, and then he's got like a big old bead that I made underneath the TV. So it's like people have to sit there and watch that football game, and then see this big orange bee underneath. Like, what the hell is that? You know? Yeah, it's like a mind virus. You're spreading it in the it's exactly. airborne, or it's not you know, airborne, the huddle, but it's, you know. The huddle meme is pretty powerful. I don't really. It I think that right. that thing's going to live on like a just, sacred word or something. <laughs> just switch yeah. two letters, and you, you can totally confuse people. What are the, what's that? Yeah, that's like that's like. Think about it. That's like ancient text. Like, you 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 could chalk it up to ancient text, like two hundred, three hundred hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah, something like that. What's because it uh, captures you, you, all that you know idea anyway? Yeah, sorry. Dan. You spoke you spoke about the the meetup. Uh, how's that? How's that going? How's the Bakersfield meetup? Oh, um, it's not as it's not expanding as fast as I want it to be. Fair market, yeah, definitely. Market I'm I'm hoping to to see a burst here soon, but um, I don't know. Even like as a, as a Bitcoiner, I'm getting to that that point after you've explained it and explained it and explained it. You know, it's like if you if you don't get it by now, then like uh, it's like I'm here to talk about it when you want to, but I'm not here to shove it down your throat anymore. You know, right, not, right. But in the in that first couple of years, like. Someone sit at this table because I'm going to jam Bitcoin down your throat right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. I think that I think everybody kind of takes that path. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, you know you don't have to, right? You can just you see that hodl and then they'll just go yeah. On you can just show journey. your signs. It's, yeah. yeah, it's their yeah. own their own journey anyway. You can't yeah. so but make them follow meetup, yours. I'm just I'm just trying to show consistency. I just know like uh, like I want to always be there, available. So I just I'm gonna, I'm gonna still do it. I'm just gonna keep pushing. But yeah, I'd love nice. I'd love to see some more people, some enthusiasm, someone else that like wants and loves it as much as I do. You know? Hell yeah! What's um? Last time I think you were talking about using the the miners and the noise, and you're sleeping with it, and you heated your you know your bed, and you're you still using that? Is it uh, you're still mining, actually- or is it too expensive? No, uh, I still, I have a, I got a bunch of solar panels whenever I, I got to my house. So okay. I was, I was at, whenever I wasn't mining, I was like doing 200% like over what I would, what I need. So I've got, I've got plenty in the, in the tank. So I got, I got two runner right now. I had to turn one down for the, uh, for the show tonight. <laughs> it, was, it was humming right outside the door, <laughs> but actually the other night it was, we had closed up all the windows. It, my house got to 80 degrees inside and it was 37 outside. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was. I had to start opening up some windows, and so yeah, it's. I'm just trying to balance it right now. <laughs> you, I, I hear people talking about the. I think Steve Barber was on what Bitcoin did, and he was talking about using the heat, excess heat, for things. It's like you, th- you think about running the um, the pipes under your driveway to warm the water. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, what I did the other night is uh, I was getting in the shower, and I put all my clothes that I was about to put on. I put them all in front of the miters, get them all like toasty. So <laughs> when you get out, all nice warm clothes, like it came out of the dryer. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you, Mike, did you, you end have... up getting that that space heater, the miner? Yeah. Yo, they don't they don't ship until December. Oh, well, I, man, right those, I need I, would just I need to get techie, man. Just, just get an ASIC. Like it, those those are it's gonna pay a thousand bucks. It's like you could. It's just just buy the hundred dollar ASIC boom racks. It's just as easy. I'm I'm just cracking up right now thinking just, about uh, Mike like trying to set that up, trying idea. to plug it in like in his like in the in the outlet next to his his yeah. little lamp side next to his table. Like, oh, you need a different outlet for this different circuit. <laughs> uh, I feel like such a boomer in that way. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just always feel like uh, 
I was explaining this in my meetup. You just, those are the two things that you're, you're going to need those two things. Like you need a node to always have like access to get your transactions out or always be able to see what's actually going on and stand up like you're firm. What's yeah. actually happening. And then also like the X, like always having a miner is you're always accessing the ability to acquire sats. So no one can cut you off from that. So that's, that's why I like to at least like, cause I got two miners just waiting. Cause if something happens to those other ones, I want to have something backed up, you know? So I want to be able to Ooh. constantly be able to start be able to acquire right like that's the it, not to moralize this or whatever because i'm not like I, I i buy mine you know with with fiat but like the only just way if you want to put it in those terms the only correct way or whatever honest way to get sats right is to mine them it's you're you're buying sats with with hash um, everything else you got to go through the, the banking system there's some layer of potential corruption you know whether you're just a cantillionaire effect and you're just buying bitcoin like if like the fed just wanted to print for it but the only way to honestly really get the new sats then and, and sats in general is to mine it right yep. so you like even if you're not necessarily running a profitable operation maybe it's inconvenient like you're guaranteed you know a proportion of sats from each block that you that you either win or that you contribute you know the proportionate amount of hash to a pool what I see it as is like, uh, I think mining Bitcoin is the only way we can actually be make money now. Right. I think because I, I don't see like the dollar even as money. It doesn't have all of the characteristics that money should have. So uh, they can print dollars, but they're not making money. What I think it, making money is, is mining Bitcoin. The only And then after that, you're going to be earning money. And that's when someone pays sure. you in Bitcoin. So right. the only way of making money now is by plugging in an ASIC. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's... It's almost like anybody with energy is like the, the, the primary one of the terms in finance is, you know, you've got the secondary market where people, you know, and then you've got the, the primary market. The primary market is the dealers, the brokers, the licensed people who can buy bonds, for example, directly from the central bank. And then if you go on Schwab or, or Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, whatever, to buy bonds, you're essentially buying off the secondary market. And the primary market in a broader sense is the energy market. Whoever converts energy into marketable uh, products like electricity, heat, fuel, anybody with excess of that, they can convert that to money via Bitcoin. So it's almost like Bitcoin becomes like the risk-free rate of energy. If you have energy, you're, there's, you're not guaranteed to sell it to anybody on the market except for, to the Bitcoin market. The only open and free market. <laughs> right. So it's almost like that is where the competition comes in with the dollar. It's, you know, your energy can either be sold or your energy products, your marketable energy products of electricity, heat, or fuel can be converted to dollars somehow through the petrodollar system, or you can make money on the Bitcoin market. Yep. That's it. That's the choices. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the ultimate showdown. This thread made me think of a question. The question is, uh, that might <laughs> send us off a path. The question is, what what happens when the Fed has to buy Bitcoin to survive? Do Dog they? Candle? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's the moment, isn't it? Yeah, they're kind they of are... in a. So it's 
Bitcoin's such a small market cap, right? It's not even a trillion dollars right now. Yeah. I think it's got to be like around 50 something, 60,000 to to be a trillion dollar market cap again. So anybody like the Fed who needs to buy Bitcoin or like any major entity that has to put billions, trillions of dollars into it, it's so illiquid, like it's going to shoot the price just through the the moon the minute they would try to do something like that. So it's when you ask that question, when they have to, if that point comes, they can't just buy it, right? Like they're just going to run the price up so much that everybody who got in before it benefits and they just keep running the price higher and higher. And in some ways it benefits them, but they won't be able to buy it or make it uh, any any cheaper than anybody else. So basically their currency dissolves into it. Is that sort of... that's what it yeah, I don't, I don't like know exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it would work, but it would run the price up so much that the dollars would just become kind of uh, the Dixie, so to speak. Yeah. The measure of the strength of the dollar would just plummet. It would be so small. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be like such a crazy transition between the old money to a new money. It's just it. Then when we look back on it, it'll seem fast, but as we go through it, it's going to seem insane. The switch, right? The volatility. Yeah, you know, I you know, it's ironic who probably suffers the most in the scenario like this. If it were to unfold this way, is uh, gold bugs, right? Like, if you have a million, two million dollars in the bank, and you just want to convert it to Bitcoin, you know, you can probably do that in, in a couple hours at the most. But if you have like a bunch of gold, whether you've got it in a vault somewhere, you've got it stuffed in a safe, and you're on a property you own, you got to arrange to like collect that all up, have it secured transferred audited but the sale could you know by the time bitcoin starts ripping if you got all this gold it could be a week <laughs> or longer by the time you actually could get liquidity from it yep. and you're buying bitcoin 50 percent, 100 percent. you know if there's a god candle higher <laughs> than you would have if you didn't have this gold sitting around yep no uh my uh stepdad was he had a bunch of silver and uh after he, he listened to me talk about bitcoin for about a year and he's like okay i'm gonna go sell all this silver we're getting we're getting some bitcoin <laughs> right right Yep. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you could be in some kind of zombie apocalypse. It would probably be beneficial to have a little gold, a little silver, lots of bullets. But, um, but, but you know, I don't, I don't want to lean like I, like even, even being a Bitcoiner, I don't want to see that happen. That's not the transition. Right, exactly. That I want to see. We all, we all see this, that hopefully it's going to be, it's going to be rough, but it, hopefully a peaceful path to it. Like, uh, we want a slow decline of the dollar. I don't want Bitcoin to be at a million dollars tomorrow. I want a, a slow, easy transition because, the people that need it the most are, are hopefully going to get it. And the longer that we have, the more time that the people that actually deserve it can require it. Like right. you still have BlackRock still waiting at line to buy it, right? Well, we can front run them right now. So like the, the longer that we have, the, the more peaceful the, the switch will be. We're almost talking about, <laughs> sounds like a, a Noah's Ark scenario where it's like, come on, get on the ship. Like, yep. because if the, if the rains come, it's, you're you're just you're not going to be able to survive it if you're not already in. I was telling my mom that uh, like the first couple lifeboats off the Titanic were empty, you know. So it's like that's why the first couple blocks, the first couple like the blocks that whenever I was getting it like two years ago, it was like one sapper v by empty blocks, you know, to get all your money and get it all situated. Well, now now go try to buy some Bitcoin. You're going to pay a lot higher price to start moving that now. Well, it's it's only just now starting to get expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back and look at the um a good resource is the time chain calendar who we've had the the creator of that on here a few times. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, 
the you look back on the the time chain calendar you can like go through like the first thousand hundred thousand blocks and there's almost all of them are just completely empty there's no transactions other than the coinbase reward transaction for the miners and it's like nobody was using it but people were mining it so like you talk about like the first few laugh uh raft boats were empty the first hundred thousand or so raft lifeboats uh of the bitcoin network were empty that is nuts but, but yeah you start the seats are starting to fill up the, the man boys those those are some nice visuals you're you're describing there that are opening up my you know movie scapes yeah um, <laughs> how would you that, how would you just how would you portray that in a movie mike uh, well, I don't know how it, you know, that, that's a hard, uh, it's a hard ask because you're, that, there's a lot of other Noah's variables that are cliche, but the, right? but the, but the Noah's Ark visual that I have is like just physical doll, like hundred dollar bill stacks, just rising, 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 rising. And then on top of it is like this orange Bitcoin arc that just keeps on rising with it. Right. Right. That's, it's like, um, and then little Bitcoin boats around it and little Bitcoin. <laughs> It's like, it's like part of what's wrong with the fiat system is, is like there is real value being created in the dollars economy. Um, but there's also a lot of just literally fiat value where they're just printing money or they're doing quantitative easing. And part of the problem is as somebody who's trying to save, somebody who's trying to invest is, is, is knowing where the real value is being created and where it's just fiat, where it's fake, where it's entropy in the system, where it's drag, it's debt. And it's just, as they pump more debt into the system, it's just harder and harder to know what assets are generating real value and what assets are just inflated by the bubble of fiat. Whereas, you know, Bitcoin kind of sniffs that out and it kind of gives you like a base layer of anything below this amount is just fiat fake value that's built up from inflation everything above it is what you're trying to you have to capture to to be able to sniff out the real value and it's like bitcoin is like this measuring stick that kind of gives you the bottom of the value level that floor of real value and it, it, i also feel like bitcoin is almost like a filter as well because like the people that you're dealing with if they also want to use bitcoin like they you, you can almost trust that person a little bit more. So anyone that doesn't want to deal in Bitcoin, you can almost see like, well, if you're not going for Bitcoin, then you're you're wanting to do something scandalous. If you can't yeah, you're trying to scam me. Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. But if you want to if you want to pay me Bitcoin for what I'm gonna do for you, this is gonna be an honest trade. Like this is it's honest money. Exactly. Um speaking of which or go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say it points out another visual for me, but I could just keep on ranting visuals all night. Go with your visual. The the section from one side to another on a on a um, hourglass is fed by gravity, right? There's a force that's driving something from one side to another side, and that's like that. That just that visual itself um, reminds me of the relationship between fiat and Bitcoin. There you go. Yeah, like Bitcoin, like a black hole. Yeah, right. yeah, it's all the same, and it's it's measuring. Yeah. And what it is, what it's doing, and what an interesting thing it's doing is it's measuring time, over time. That's like a period of time, right? Measuring values, uh, time relationship with time, and it's slowly it's, dwindling it's until a, all yeah, correlating. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of um, the transactions and stuff, <laughs> did uh, 
have you been affected? Like, what are your thoughts on the high transaction fees? You mentioned like, you know, when you first bought, you know, you're getting like one sat per V byte, but now it's going up. Does that, how has that changed the way you value Bitcoin or the way that you use Bitcoin? Because everybody has to adjust to that. Yeah, I, I just feel like the in the times whenever it, it, it does slow down, that's when you need to pre- like prepare yourself. So whenever I'll get like certain payments, whenever the fees are high, I'll it's, it's just time to be patient. And it's like, I, I don't have to move this money right now. Right. But if you have to have, have to move money, just be prepared, have some stuff on lightning, make it a little bit cheaper. But if you need to get things done, you got to pay for it. You know, it's like, uh, I, I just don't think we, we live in the world anymore of where everything just is free, you know, like, uh, like even social media is you are, you are the product, you know, it's at this point, you know, you actually, you have to pay for this now, you know, like if you actually want to use good money, you're going to have to pay for it. You know, it's, it's right. And it, we live in with Bitcoin now. And it brings up the, the concept of trade-offs. There's no perfect solution to anything. There's only trade-offs. So if you want to use the, the base layer to buy a cup of coffee, well, if there's no demand for block space, that's fine. Like you can do, you can do that. If there is demand for block space, which in my opinion is only going to go up over time, um, it's just not cost efficient to spend one, you know, a megabyte, two megabytes every 10 minutes for everybody to buy a cup of coffee. Like you have to, it's just too, and the fees will make it too expensive to do that economically. So will the fees be that high in the future? I, I think so. I, Where, I think like you're we're describing, like the lifeboats. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that we're, uh, we're yes. so early that we actually have to be worrying about like the base chain and the lightning and, and how much fees are going to be. I, I think a lot of the future, a lot of things will be built in other layers. Most people will be using Bitcoin and not even be touching the base chain. You know, I, I right. feel like when we look back in time to for normal people to be using the base chain, it's like, holy shit, you were able to do that. Like, no, I think in the future, yeah, the, the fees are going to be so expensive, but people are going to be moving like bigger amounts of value at that point. Right. And it's, it's you know, it's like, is there the trade-off you have to make? It's like for the privacy and the censorship resistance, how much are you willing to pay for that? Because it may make more sense to put $5 worth of sats temporarily on wallet of Satoshi or some other custodial wallet. You have to you have to value, you have to think, you have to do a, a calculation of how much you value your sovereignty and your privacy to continue to use it in a trustless manner until we get these, some of these second layers built up where you can interact with it more sovereignly at a cheap price. Because a lot of people don't want to take the time or don't have the time to take the time or to figure out how to set up their own lightning channels, their own lightning nodes. So they, you know, they might have to trust somebody else and the more you have to trust somebody else the more you know the stickier your situation gets so it's you know as the as these fees rise it kind of teaches people to monitor their utxos consolidate their utxos and like you said be to prepare when times are cheaper and when demand is lower so that they can maintain that sovereignty and privacy when things get expensive yep so like whenever because the fees got super high that 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 first time and then it came down just for like a little bit of time where it was like really cheap, just for like a day or two. At that point, I was moving all my stuff that I was waiting for. I opened up a couple lightning channels. It was like, okay, it's time to do all my maneuvers. And then right after that, then the fees just started cranking out again. And I was like, okay, listen, I got I got my stuff done. <laughs> and you have to have that that experience and know what to do and when so you can execute in a quick manner when yep. I, when you have the opportunity. Yeah, but well, you just can, have to be aware. Can can I ask a stupid, stupid question? Yes. 
can you walk me through slightly just the brief uh just the cliff notes of what consolidating utxos is all about you want to take it down? yeah 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 so you know every time you every time you uh, utxo is just the it stands for unspent transaction output so every time you receive bitcoin to an address to in your wallet it's a utxo and if you sent you know a hundred dollars worth of bitcoin or just let's just make it one bitcoin total to one address but you did it through like dca so you were buying x amount of dollars per day for a year well all of those purchases if you withdrew them to that address individually is 100 utxos even though it equals up one bitcoin to that you know maybe address maybe to different right. addresses in your wallet right, right so when you sense. go to do a transaction you go to to send bitcoin to to buy something whatever to move it all of those utxos represent uh memory that would go into building that transaction that would go into the block and they so all you might have, to, have basically they all have to go into a block and that's what you're competing into for. a transaction that goes into a block but it, the more utxos you use the more data is required to make that transaction so when you look at the fees on on the bitcoin uh in like the mempool will do like estimated fees for high priority for you know maybe you'll get your uh transaction in the next block in the next you know hour day whatever depending on the congestion it depends on the size of your transaction sats per v byte so if the sats per v byte is 500 sats per v byte and you have a thousand v bytes because you had to build this huge transaction with a segwit address and it matters which you know uh, script you're using so if you're using segwit legacy taproot they all have different structures and they have different sats per v bytes so some are more expensive so you could spend you know you could spend one bitcoin and pay thousands of dollars in fees to spend it or if you had consolidated your utxos by sending all those utxos to one new address to now have one utxo when times are cheap and you only pay a couple bucks for your transaction now you can spend that one bitcoin for a couple bucks again because your transaction is going to be so small mm -hmm. in terms of sats per v byte and there's there's a lot more complexity to it depending on what you're trying to do but just at the most basic level trying to spend from multiple utxos if you, especially if you have like a multi-signature uh, wallet those transactions are just they take up more memory a lot heavier but yeah well i think the best way to visualize it is through sparrow wallet do you guys use that one yes yeah i love sparrow uh, it's it's beautiful with because you get to see all of the utxos in that wallet so uh and then you can name them Yep, and name you them, lay, label them, them all, yeah. and then but so so recently I I had a wallet I was using on there, and I would take off like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or so whatever, and I, I had like a bunch of smaller ones, so I just grabbed like five of the smallest transactions, and then you can just like resend it to yourself, and then it'll it will all join back into one UTXO at that point. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, and it's it, that it's yeah. that simple with Sparrow Wallet. We should, yeah, we yeah. Should, really uh, clean interface. I, I love it. Because it, it actually I recommend it. understand it because she understands like Excel and like how to do all this stuff. I'm like, mom, look, this is your Bitcoin. When you could label this one, like, hey, I bought it this time. And and then she could see what all of like where which one's at. And I'm like, it's just like a big uh, it's like a dollar bill. If you have like a like hundred dollar bill or a fifty dollar bill, like it's just how are you going to spend it later? It's better to have it in your bigger chunks. Yeah. Right. So and you have to have, you know, if... right there. It was, it was a lot helpful. It was very helpful hmm. for her. And then if you go to spend if you have one big one utxo for one bitcoin and you go to buy something that's 0.25 bitcoin 
you have to manage the change address. So you send that one UTXO to the address and then everything that you're not sending, so the 0.75 goes to a change address. So that's another UTXO to manage. Oof. Man, I, it's I, not I, easy. I just say in the beginning, you get, you're get you so messy in the beginning, you realize like, holy shit, like I just littered the, like the blockchain with all of my, my transactions, you know? And then and then as, as it goes on, you start to get better of like whatever you start sending stuff to certain places, you start planning on how your UTXOs are going to look when you start sending them places. Right. Just imagine those people that do the hourly DCA where they're buying Bitcoin on the hour. It's like 24 UTXOs a day. <laughs> yeah that, that's killer no you can't you can't be doing that mike have you when was the last time you consolidated your utxos i don't know if i've ever consolidated my utxos <laughs> oh god because every time you've, you, you've <laughs> referred to this <laughs> yeah i've always been like i understand I, I sort of understand the concept in the back of my mind of what it means but yeah so as you, you go through it you you really really walk through it and you see you know, this, this getting on off the Titanic and the empty blocks to the heavy blocks, this, this made perfect sense to me as to why this would be more expensive with more UTXOs. And that's part of the reason that uh, inscriptions and ordinals are controversial. It's not just the NFTs and the polluting the blockchain, so to speak. It's that these transactions, because of what, you know, the nature of what they are, they're inscribing these JPEGs or these, you know, other just arbitrary data, it makes the transactions a lot larger. So it makes them a lot more expensive. So it's pricing out the people who are just trying to do a simple transaction, so to speak, especially if they have or a open lightning channel. Right, exactly. So it's it, it's causing problems there. That's why people are blaming the ordinals. Um, and part of the part of the reason why they do that is because the taproot, um, the, the 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 fee per V bytes on the taproot. Um, script is subsidized because a lot of it's stored in the witness data. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't hate on like ordinal things. I'd say like, I, I feel like inscriptions kind of have some sort of value to be able to put something somewhere and it lasts over like to heard, somebody like, yeah. Bibles on there. I've heard like pictures that are banned in China or on there, you know, like right. I feel like having an immutable like database is important, but right now some of the things that they're putting on it, uh, I don't think a lot of that has value, right. but I think some of it has value that we'll be able to use in the future, you know? Right. It, the value is up to the, it's, it's subjective. So that if people are paying the fees for this, right, they must feel that it has value and there's, they're valid transactions. So there's not much you can do. If somebody thinks that something has value and they're willing to pay for it and it prices you out, I, I, to, market, to, I mean, I, yeah. All you can do is, I hate to say it, is cope. <laughs> yeah, or outbid them. Yeah, or outbid them. Exactly. It's it's that's, that's the free market. Yeah. So that's you know the quandary we're in if you, if you don't like inscriptions, but it, it is what it is. Um, we just got to best you can do as a pleb, right? Is like what you said. Plan for when the, when the fees go down. Consolidate your UTXOs. Give yourself optionality for uh, access to the main chain, because it's going to slowly get more and more difficult to get those transactions. Yeah, uh, the, the only other thing about about the ordinals that's kind of rough is like now my uh, my nodes getting to where it's almost like maxing out. Yeah, like uh, the memory, it's like oh damn it, it's coming a lot sooner than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, yep. got to get a new t two terabyte hard drive. Exactly, I gotta I gotta move up now because of all that shit. You know, you know, what you made me think about back there. I just something popped into my mind. You meant you said you said the phrase people won't um, be transacting on the base layer anymore 
And it made me think about the consolidation of this thing and how it, you know, <clears throat> if it's not going to be, if not a lot of people are transacting in it, it obviously has to consolidate into one place, consolidated TXOs. And it, it, it made me think of a relationship between that and how gold consolidated naturally over time as well. These stores of value consolidate and then a layer on always has to happen on top of it for actual commerce to grow, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I think even Hal had something he was saying. It was just like um, <coughs> banks will be using this to to be able to send money back and forth. But I but I feel like most people are going to be using like those other layers that aren't even built yet. Like us, like with right. like any mints, right? Like you just right. you're going to have like a federated mint of like your family or your your work or something like that. So those those things aren't even like a, like a hundred percent even here yet. You know. So but but yeah, it's it's going to be just slowly moving out as as we transact on those farther levels, then bigger players come in and start using this, the base chain. Right. And it's, it's at a certain point in the future, there's going to be no reason to even interact with the base layer yourself. So it's going to be a lost skill, a lost art. It's going to be something that engineers and, you know, financial professionals at large organizations or these people running these fediments are going to be the, most of it'll be, automated away won't even be a person but there'll be the there'll still be those people who can get in there and, and, and write up a script and and actually manually build transactions um and, and use those on the main chain but there's it's going to be few and far between they're going to be kind of like the market wizards yep and we create that it, that seems like a a repeat of the cycle we're going through now which is just like in a 3.0 or something like that everything's a cycle man there's nothing new under the sun you just got to stay on top of it yep what yeah. parts I wouldn't be in. Then yeah, like what's the what, what's the the thing after Bitcoin that happens? If if everything's rapture. a cycle. Yeah, or the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> so what you else know, uh, uh, about ahead. it's a little bit uh, like religious stuff. Uh the um We like religious it? here on high hash rate. Uh mythological. The, uh, the, Something in like Revelations where it talks like about where first will become last. Uh, have you guys heard anything of, like? Have you heard that before? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will become last. Yeah. Seen that? Uh, I I feel like Bitcoin is kind of like part of that a little bit because like the like the little man right now is able to buy this this form of wealth that we can have for forever, and like the big players with all the trillions of fake money that they have we actually have the real money we can we have access to it right now they can't even get their hands on it so i feel like that is a uh, something that i've kind of seen yeah. like personally yeah like i said the meek will inherit the earth like that's a uh something from the scriptures right like it's yes it is this um you're right like the the like i said they, they even if they wanted to pile into it i think even ray dalio's mentioned it where it's like he can't he can't put a hundred million into it from his fund into it just because like it would just be too volatile to make that one big purchase like it's they, they're 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 hamstrung until it grows in market size and by the time it does that you know the meek will have inherited the earth yep it's it's our turn to to take this back for us uh we've been taken from for too long so well, it's time to take the go back to the hourglass again you know the the first will gravity. become last gravity through the force Real. of gravity real work real, the real engine the real engine of of human prosperity and growth right like it uh, it will essentially suck that value back yep they'll take the power back power struggle 
electric, you know, literally and figuratively. Yep. This is like this. This is like. Are we are we in the middle of a renaissance? Or are we in the beginning of a renaissance? Or are we just yeah playing ourselves? So. Are we just playing I think, ourselves? I think part of the part of the renaissance was like reconnecting with the ancient past and like kind of rediscovering what they already knew, what they already figured out, rediscovering truths about life, truths about reality. And I think Bitcoin is kind of a portal, a wormhole, or some sort of sorts back to that ancient wisdom of fearing god so to speak or understanding the mm. physical world around you and and its limitations and its power and its value and and figuring out how to reconnect with that and bring it back to bring this crazy clown world back to sanity yeah just back back to there's something something that can't be changed something that uh brings us back to earth right yeah exactly back to back to now back to our place and time back to how like humans should interact like uh I, I just noticed like being with bitcoin like everyone's very wants to help each other like um because if, if bitcoin does good for you it does good for them so it's like uh everyone's trying to help the next person like uh, i do signs this guy does like this is a uh, proof of ink you know like he did shirts he didn't even he didn't charge me for these but i sent him some stuff you know so like i've done more trade and barter work just with people through Bitcoin. Like it's not even about uh, the actual money being exchanged. It's just like now we want, we're in the, the point again where we can just help each other and we both gain value from it. That's, and then there's no middleman trying to suck that value out of what we try to build for each other. It's it's us building with no one uh, hampering us. Right, right. It's um, when, when people are like, why should I buy into this or why should I accept this? What, what do I get out of it? It's like, well, you get out of it the, the same value that I do in proportion to the um, amount of value I put into it. You know, however, however much you put into it, however much work you put behind it, however much value you put behind it, how much earnings you put behind it, you benefit in proportion to me and the amount that I've, I've put into it as well. So, uh, what anything else that you've been rabbit holes you've been question. going down thinking oh go ahead there we go yeah no that's actually that's sort of what i was gonna ask is, is there yeah, anything you've been thinking about recently i i was trying to i was explaining it to a guy at my meetup he's uh he's been recently going down the rabbit hole and it's like uh at first he he was like gabe's crazy when he first met me and then he went to uh his first pacific bitcoin and then he's like and he saw all these people all these bitcoiners like no it's everyone else that's gate crazy gauge not crazy <laughs> yeah right I was like yes dude you're seeing it but um something i was trying to explain to him was like uh how bitcoin can always like live on it can it can constantly um keep itself alive so like right now there's a guy that put it up half of bitcoin uh once once all of the mining is done so 2140 he set it to unlock half a Bitcoin worth of, of value. So that's really easy for us to do right now, right? To acquire half a Bitcoin. Um, but in the future to have that many sats, so 50 million sats, right? Um, just unleashed all at one point, because they're going to be getting one sat at uh, every 10 minutes for like the last four years, right? Yeah. So that burst of that 50 million sats at that point, once it's over, like that helps it stay alive even longer. So that's one person doing that. So say we continuously do this over and over and you're putting more sats into the future to maintain, to maintain this system. 
it's like a video game where you hit like uh yeah, like boost just to about like this, at, yes. at like a checkpoint where it's like all right running out of steam boom here we go yeah just it's more rocket fuel a exactly. cash a cash of value to keep the system going <laughs> yeah so that was that was a crazy thought so like so then Power i could see soon. a light bulb would blow his head he's like so it can go on forever i'm like it can go on forever <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, having a friend or somebody like get in it, start going down the rabbit hole. is kind of like when you introduce somebody to like a, a, one of your favorite TV shows like Sopranos and they start binging on it and you don't want to badger them too much, but you kind of check in with them. You're like, what season are you on? All right. Did you, did you see this? Did you hear, did you read about this yet? Did you hear about this yet? And then they tell you and they're like super excited about it. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this for years. I'm going to give you my theory now. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, how far is he? Yep, and then as they go deeper, deeper, like, yep, is your mind blown? Oh shit, yep. Did you get to the red wedding in in, in Game of Thrones yet? Are you fucking hooked now? Like, yeah. yeah like, did you get to the Did you get to the difficult difficulty adjustment, dude? Didn't that blow your mind? Yep. <laughs> oh man, that that is the difficulty adjustment. It was it tripped me out. I just remember like trying to explain it to my wife when it, I when I'm it blew my mind, and she's just like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "But this is so important." <laughs> If you watch Game of Thrones, I, I I consider the difficulty adjustment like the when they cut off Ned Stark's head at the, at the end of the first season, and you're like, oh, I thought I had this thing figured out, and yep. they just totally threw me off now, and now I'm got now I got to tune into the next for, to see how deep this goes. If you already got me like that, of what else is waiting? Right, right. <laughs> and there always is. Yep, can, there is. Can I just say this conversation makes me think like Bitcoin has exposed me to to all kinds of new friends that I don't think I ever could have ever had right, right. prior to Interesting being people. to the system. In yeah. fact, in the I, other uh, system, I was lonely. I was much lonelier. And very, since very, I've been in the Bitcoin system or thought of, about getting further and further down the str- Bitcoin route. A more, a more authentic community. You, yeah, you just More authenticity. Become, that's true. Maybe that's what even, we all see it's a, in even when you don't share beliefs and values with people, their authentic interaction that you have kind of builds a, a different kind of connection. It's you almost see it now in social media and just in 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 interaction in public, right? Where it's like used to all these taboo things, all this political correctness, where people were being kinder or nicer on the surface but it wasn't genuine it wasn't authentic and you didn't know if they were trying to stab you in the back or trying to scam you or trying to pull one over on you uh through a smile you know through a fake smile and fake uh, civility and now you've got people who can interact and some people are some people are racist some people are uh bigots some people are communists some people are free market anarchists whatever um you don't even have to agree with them but you interact with them in an authentic way and they're like telling you how they really feel you kind of have a a more even ground on how to like interact with them now like you know where things stand and you can still cooperate with somebody you don't agree with but you don't have to wonder like you know are they trying to pull a fast one on me what what i've noticed is in like i've tried to be in like other communities like uh like like when you say like the rave community you know where you go to a bunch of raves and then i also did like uh flow arts where i'd have a bunch of people we meet up and do like different tricks with like flow toys and stuff like that but uh what it feels like all of those other friendships like they only listen to you so that you listen to them they're so concerned about themselves that they they'll listen to you maybe a little bit but just because they mainly want to talk about themselves everyone's just so worried about what's going what's all going on in their life but i feel like with bitcoiners like if 
you need to know what's going on with someone's life so you can provide them value to actually like to even get satoshi sent to you so you actually care about them more and do you also want like things better for them in the long term like like whenever I make these signs for people, I want I want them to be as best as they can be. So whenever they see me, it, it's it's a longer lasting. Like he, they want my work. They want to continue doing work with me. So like that's why it's it's even very cool to get to know you guys. Like uh, meeting at the conference, you know, because now now we have this connection. I get to come on your guys' podcast and talk about what I'm doing. It's 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 beautiful to have this transaction and exchange value. Hell yeah. Um. Before before we let you go, thank you. That was lovely. That was lovely. Let uh, can you remind us once again how people can get in touch with you? How people can get some custom or just some memes made into signs, and how they can uh, contribute to this growth? Um, well, I mean, you can just hit me up on uh, either Twitter or Noster. It's just under No Waste BTC Signs. Um, but yeah, hit me up if you have an idea, if you like, if you have an image that you like and you want me to print a bunch of it and send it your way, like I, I'm down to to do whatever you want. If you know, I, I make artwork for some people if you need it. So just anything I can do to help any Bitcoin person in whatever you're trying to do. So yeah, and it's all, take it from me, it's all quality stuff. Like this is, it's coming from scraps. It's coming from stuff that would be thrown away, but it's the, the same quality you would get if you went to some other like professional operation that was you know made a company out of this so definitely check that out and and your work will be featured at inconfiscatable as well yes it December, will be whatever whatever, whatever. Next, yeah, week. In a week. next week <laughs> yeah. there you go hell right, yeah man it was great was to have fun. you on thanks for coming back <laughs> thank you guys again cool man okay. thanks again for listening to the high hash rate podcast you can find us on twitter at high hash rate or you can hit up dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!